0: God is so much more than uh, who we think He is. So easy for us to kind of put God in a category of, of our own and think that that's who God is, but He's so much bigger than what we could ever imagine. And the things that we go through and the things that we may say or think or believe, God is still bigger than all of that. And as we continue in our series, Setting New Foundations, there's things that God is setting inside our lives. And sometimes we think we're so far from God because of the things that we do that we think we cannot come to God. And we think we can't even come into His presence. Or for some people, they don't even think they can come to church. I hear that many times. Oh, I cannot go to church. Well, come. We might burn down. It's not going to burn down. I mean, if I'm here, it's not going to burn down. Many of us, when we came to church, we had that fear that God would not accept us. And then probably one of the most biggest fears is would we have to pray out loud? Did we, do, would we have to pray together? What would, what would take place? Would I be singled out? And so we have all these different fears. Did you know that one of the major fears of uh, people gathering in small groups of Christians, like a Bible study or something like that, is that you're going to have to pray out loud? That's one of the biggest fears. I remember one of the first uh, care groups I went to, And they're going around in a circle praying. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'm going to have to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. What am I going to say? And I don't know what I said. But I remember saying amen. That was about it. That's all I knew. But what that song talks about is is it's so much more than words when we pray to God. See, it's easy for us to get into the routine of saying a hallelujah or an amen or a praise the Lord. It's easy to get into that routine that we're not even thinking about what we're saying or what we're amening, hallelujahing, or praising the Lord for. Like it just comes out automatically. And what God is saying is there's so much more than the words that we'll say. He looks way beyond that and he's looking at what's happening on the inside. Well, it still comes back to, do I know how to pray? does God hear me when I pray? Uh, Should I pray? Uh, What if I don't know how to pray and I try and I fail? Will God not listen to me anymore? I mean, where do we come to the place where we can say, okay, God, God can hear my prayer? And that's what we want to talk about this morning. We want to look at, does God hear me when I pray? Does He really hear me? When you came in, you're given a bulletin, and like Pastor Marshall was saying, there's a lot of things in there, but there is one thing in there that we're going to use right now, and it's your notes, and you can take that out and follow along, and some people ask, why do you guys have notes? Why do you uh, do that every week? Well, because people like me, I forget quickly, and so I must write things down so that I can remember, and that's what the notes are for. Also, it's for new people that may not have a Bible, or if you don't bring your Bible, that we have scriptures in there but we encourage you to bring your Bible. The scriptures aren't there so you don't bring your Bible. It's in case you forget or if you don't own one yet, okay? But we want to bring our Bibles. But that's what we want to look at this morning because sometimes we think God only hears holy people. That he'll only hear people who, who speak well to him that have the thou's and this and that and, and the thy's and the thee and they can, they can pray uh, with with high, high, I can't even say the word, hybolical <laughs> words. <laughs> that, you, you, that if you sound good, then God will hear us. And that's what we want to learn today, how we can pray in such a way that will assure us that God hears our prayers. Uh, some time ago, we were at this party and one of the aunties were giving out candies to Kids. And the kids would run up to her, Auntie, Auntie, can I have a candy, please? I said, good, yes, you asked. Yes, you can have a candy. Then kids would come up, Auntie, can I have a candy? And, said, and then she would say, what do you say? i said, please, okay, here's a candy. And then this one kid walked up to her and he just stood there and looked at her. And then she said, yes? And he went, <laughs> and she just stood there. And he went, and she said, do you want candy? And he just stood there like that, almost giving attitude. I was thinking, this kid going to get lickings pretty soon by somebody. <laughs> and he's just holding out his hand. And she said, you need to ask first. He said, well, I don't like then. And he walked away. <laughs> I thought, you lose out. No candy for you. And he walked away. And he was mad the rest of the time, upset because the auntie didn't give him candy. He was mad at her. And I thought, Lord, do I get like that with you? Do I I expect you to answer my prayers that I don't even humbly ask you for? Do I expect you to do something in my life that I don't even ask you for? Now, sure, God will give grace. he'll, he'll, He'll bless us. But why do I get mad when God doesn't answer a prayer that I don't even pray to Him for, it's like I just think to myself, oh boy, I, I would like to have this, or, or, or I hope this happens in my kid's life, or I hope this happens. And we, we almost go to God and tell Him what to do, rather than ask in prayer. And I believe we can be people who, who just, like, just like how we are with our, with our parents, with asking and and, and humbly coming to our parents for things, I believe we can be people who do the very same thing with God. Because if we as parents teach our kids to ask and things like that, and, and that we'll, we'll teach them about respect and, and how to speak to us as parents, why do we expect God to be any different? He's our Heavenly Father. In fact, He's the one that made this, what we call prayer, as a way to communicate with Him. And for some reason, we think we can just go to God and, and tell him what to do. Now, I don't think we always do that. But I'm sure, and because I, I, I do this, I'll go to God and say, how come this is happening? Why don't, why don't you do this? And, and if, it, if it was like this, then I would do this. If you did this, then I would do this. And, and it's like I put, my, I put my style, my character how I want my life to be on God. And I say, if you don't make it like this, then I guess you don't exist. I guess you don't hear me. And I think we can become people that can learn how to approach God, how to pray to Him, knowing that He'll hear our prayers. And that's one of the foundations that we're going to build for this year in 2011. And I believe God is telling us in this church that He wants to grow us spiritually spiritually. He wants us to mature in Him. One of those key areas is in the area of prayer. Now, not to sound good, because it can become intimidating that we have to sound good. And if we don't sound good, then my prayer is not going to work. It's not about the right words. We're going to learn how to pray and if God really hears us. You see, I think that's one of the first things that the Bible teaches us, to learn how to pray. And if you are taking notes, can you write in your first point learn to pray if you don't know how to pray did you know you can learn how to pray it's not a formula it's not it's not it's not if you say something over and over again that it's going to work that's not what god is saying he's saying i'm going to teach you so many things in your life that's why he gave us a thing called the brain it learns it's like a sponge at an early age but it dries out sometime down the line but it's still a sponge and we can still learn things. We teach our kids how to ask. We teach our high schoolers uh, how to apply and, and uh, ask for scholarships. We teach people how to apply for jobs or how to put, a, put together resumes. We have colleges and classrooms across the world teaching people, teaching us everything we need to know to survive in this world. But there are very few classrooms for prayer. Very few. Now the disciples struggled with this a little bit because they've heard many people praying at the time of Christ. They heard repetitious prayers that people would just repeat the same thing over and over but saw no change. They saw the Pharisees who would pray in the open uh, squares of the, the community and pray out loud but they never saw a difference in their lives. And then they saw people humbly praying in quiet corners. And so by the time the disciples come and, and uh, seeing all of these different kinds of prayers and types of prayers, they come to Christ and they, and they ask him a question. And in Luke chapter 11 verse 1, now it came to pass, and this is Jesus, as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now what the disciples noticed was that out of all the people praying and of all these different types of prayers, there was something different about Jesus' prayer. He said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us. Which means I can learn to pray. I can learn to pray. One thing I love about our men's ministry, we meet uh, Saturday mornings, and, and so I invite all of you men to come there. In fact, they do devotions at about 5.30, and then breakfast at 6.30, and then we begin at 7. But one of the things I appreciate about our men's ministry is that we pray for one another, that our heart and mission in our, our men's ministry is to become better fathers, better friends, and better husbands. Now, it's not going to change overnight, okay, women? So give us some time uh, to come to know Christ better. But we pray for one another. And there's power in that. There's power in prayer. I appreciate also we have our, we have our older generation, our, our younger generation, uh, both coming together and praying for one another. And we need both. We need both generations. Because we have our seasoned leaders who can give us such wisdom. We're sharing about uh, what keeps a marriage going. And, and some of our guys just gave simple things like washing the dishes, listening to your wife, uh, shut your mouth, <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, and, and then, you know, loving your spouse. Just simple things like that. And I thought, That's, that helps us become better and better. And you know, that prayer time, when we pray for one another, it just unleashes something of the heavenlies. It's like, it's like we connect back with God. See, we can learn how to pray. And that's what the disciples were asking Christ. They said, can you just teach us how to pray? And Christ teaches them. I came across this poem that I wanted to read to you, and, and I like it because it, it just helps us in the area of teaching us how to pray and, and, and kind of like the heart behind prayer. And it goes like this. Prayer is the soul's sincere desire uttered or unexpressed. The motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the chest. Prayer is the burden of a sigh, the falling of a tear, the upward glancing of the eye when none but God is near. Prayer is the simplest form of speech that infant's lips can try. Prayer, the sublimest strains that reach the majesty on high. Prayer is the contrite sinner's voice returning from his ways While angels in their songs rejoice and cry, Behold, He prays. Prayer is the Christian's vital breath, the Christian's native air. His watchword at the gates of death, He enters heaven with prayer. The saints in prayer appear as one in word and deed and mind, while the Father and the Son, sweet fellowship, they find. Nor prayer is made by man alone, the Holy Spirit pleads. And Jesus on the eternal throne For sinners intercedes. O thou by whom we come to God. The life, the truth, the way. The path of prayer thyself hast trod. Lord, teach us how to pray. There's so much more than words when it comes to prayer. And so Jesus teaches his disciples. And maybe... And maybe even teaches us how to pray. And he answers their request. And he says this in Matthew 9, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And many of us know this prayer. But Jesus answered and he said this, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In fact, let's read this together, okay? Ready? Go. And Jesus gave that to them. He said, in, in this manner. He didn't say, okay, so word for word, now you have to memorize this. You must pray like this. He said, no, no. in this way. What Jesus was giving was, a, he was giving us a guideline, like a guidance to pray. He said, pray in this manner or pray like this. It's almost like he gave us like a blueprint to help us build off of. So when I pray, I actually, this is kind of like a blueprint in my mind that I'll memorize this prayer, and then in my mind when I'm praying, I'll just come before God and I'll say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for being the one on the throne. You are holy. You're matchless. You're wonderful. You're beyond my comprehension. Thank you so much for providing for me. Thank you for, for providing finances. Thank you for giving us food and shelter. Thank you for always taking care of us. Lord, I ask for forgiveness of the things that I've done that were against you. And I'll specifically name some. I'll say something like, Lord, I'm I'm so sorry. And I ask for forgiveness because yesterday my heart was bad when I was talking to my wife. And I lashed out in anger. And it just took a hold of me. I ask for forgiveness of my anger. I also ask for forgiveness of that word I spoke. It was cutting. It was... It was uh, not encouraging, and I don't want to be like that, Lord. Can you just wash me clean from that? And Lord, help me me when I'm tempted, and keep me far away from temptations. When I see it coming up, I'll run in the other direction, Lord. Give me the strength to to go in the opposite direction, and deliver me from the things that are evil, the things that want to pull me down, that you'll give me the strength for me. And myself to partner up with you to get rid of those things in my life that pull me down those things are evil for me i don't want to deal with those things and I ask for you to just wipe those things away and and then i'll go in the opposite direction because i can't do it on my own lord you're the one that's powerful you're the one that has all the ability and strength and it's your spirit that resides in me that allows me to overcome all these things you're the mighty god You're the one that sits on high for all time, forever and ever. I thank you for being my God. And I'll say, and sometimes I'll say, so let's go for it, Lord. Let's go for it. Or sometimes I'll say, in your name I pray, amen. Or I'll say, so be it, Lord. Whatever your will is, so be it. Because that's what amen is. It's so be it. It's like sealing it. It's like, Lord, whatever you're saying, that's what I'm going to do. You see, it's not... It's not difficult to pray when you don't put a standard of words to it. Because you can pray in pigeon. I'm not going to try it, but you can actually pray in pigeon. You can pray in whatever language you have. It's not about the words we choose. It's that we choose to pray. And just like taking baby steps, we're going to stumble along the way. We're going to, and, and, um, not making fun, okay? I'm just saying that this actually happened, uh, someone was praying and brand new Christian in the Lord, just come to know the Lord and we're praying and they actually swore in their prayer and without a beat, being skipped, kept going and then we're done, amen and we all said, amen (laughs) but God hears the heart and the reason why I bring that up is because when you're just beginning to learn how to pray, you're still getting out your old stuff, you know, all that junk that's in there, and I'm sure God understands because when Jesus teaches us how to pray, part of it is that we humbly come before him. That with humble hearts we'll come before God and, and, and just the fact that I'm humbly coming before God because I don't know how to pray already speaks so much to God. And if you're taking notes, that's the second thing we can learn to do in assuring that God will hear us, is to humbly uh, humble myself before God. Humble myself when I come before God. And like Jesus said, we must come to God with respect to His holiness. With respect to His holiness. That there's something about God that that is pure. And so when we come before Him, there's a humility that's that's needed to come before God. I think it was our young adults last week, Sunday, uh, they kicked off and they meet uh, I think they're meeting tonight at 6.30 but they start worship at 6 o'clock and it's just neat to watch young adults humbly come before God and so if you're a young adult and you want to learn how to pray that's probably a good environment to be in along with other young adults that are learning also and you learn together and they meet at 6 o'clock if you want to worship with them and then 6.30 they begin and then they eat dinner afterwards together but it's just another way that God Provides for us to learn how to pray, and then when we humbly come before Him, it's like, it's like that auntie with the candy. Oh yeah, I have no problem giving. To, oh, I have no problem. Oh, absolutely, I can. Yeah, you sure? Sure, sure. But the ones that come and just go, I don't know what happens in that case. All I know is God says this in Second Chronicles seven fourteen: If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear, you can underline that in your notes or your Bible, I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. It's a promise from God. It's the if-then principle. If this happens, then this will happen. See, if needs to happen, so that then can be realized. Because then only happens when if follows through. It's the if-then principle. And sometimes we put that on people in the opposite way. Well, if they did this, then I would do that. In a negative way. How much more in a positive way? That God says, if you humble yourselves, come to me and pray, turn from your wicked ways, then I will... Hail your land, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive your sins. It's a it's a it's a principle of God that He does not go He does not shift from. It's His promise. And how many of us doubt even His promises? We've got to remember that because God is not in time, when He speaks it's done. Can reverse it. When He speaks it it it, it's, it happens. Because He speaks out of time. speaks it it's a done deal he says if you do this then I'll do this it's a done deal that's his promise to us many of us have pets some of us have dogs there's one thing I notice about dogs no matter how badly we treat them they always always wag their tails welcome us they always are back humbly Looking for probably food, but they're always humbly coming back to us. My, uh, I have a, a, a female dog, and, and uh, years ago, uh, in the middle of the night, I heard some, you know, uh, rustling outside, and and a, a boy dog came over, and um, you know, some weeks later, she had babies, ten, and so uh, w- when that night happened, and I, I told this story before, but when that night happened. Um, I was upset because I told her, no boys, no boys, especially stray ones. I mean, if they roll up with collar and, you know, tick and flea kind of powder, that's all right, but not just any old dog. Come on, not just off the street. And then it took me three days to forgive her. That's not even biblical. It's a dog. I mean, but I still felt that. And I wouldn't talk to her. And my wife would say, go talk to her. I said, no, she doesn't. No, she never like listen. I cannot right now. I cannot. I'm mad. She never listen. And every morning, I'll just walk past her. And she will just kind of walk with me. <laughs> and she would follow me. I said, no, I'm talking to you. No, I'm going. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And I would leave. And then, of course, on the third day, I'm coming home, and then she greets me and wagging her tail, and she has a little stubby, so it's like a little stubby just going, you know. And, and so finally I said, Okay, Sheba, that's her name. I said, I forgive you. I forgive you. <laughs> and she's looking at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. And I thought, and this is what I learned. God taught me a lesson from my dog. He st- and he said, if your dog can do that, every day why can't you do that with me why can't you humbly come to me you get upset at me for for odd reasons you blame me for certain things that that I didn't have anything to do with that I'm doing something else that's more beautiful than what you see but but learn something humbly come before me because if then this. And boy, did I learn a lesson. And when Jesus teaches us how to pray, that first word is our. Our Father. Did you catch that? That's, it's talking about people. And it's our Father. He created all of us, Christians and non-Christians. That's why he didn't, he didn't make it where it's my father or just for me as a Christian God, I'm praying to you. He's the God of all. He's our father. And Jesus teaches that for us. And I thought, Lord, I, I don't want to miss out on everything you have put in place for my life. Because you have plans for me. I got to humbly come before you, God. God. See, he's, he's teaching us how to pray. Part of that, and Jesus says, is, is when, we, when we ask for forgiveness or forgive us our trespass. The trespass is when we, like, like any old place, when you see you know, trespassing or violators will be persecuted or whatever it is, do not trespass. That means do not trample on the grounds. Do not go on this piece of property. And when we say we've trespassed against God, that means we, it's like we stepped on God's laws. We stepped on God's spirit, that I've trespassed against God, that the things that God has set in place, it's like I just step over. And so, Lord, I I ask for forgiveness. So the third thing in teaching us and and learning how to pray and, and assuring that God hears our prayers is to confess all my sin to God. Confess all my sin to God. And why does Jesus teach us how to pray in confessing our sin? Because sin separates us from God. It does. I mean, the more we sin, it's like the more we don't want to come back to God because we think he won't accept us. And so we stay stay distant from God. But Psalm 66 verse 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. He just will not hear. If I regard iniquity or that troublesome spirit, that wickedness or sorrow in my heart that keeps me from God, it's like it's like when you go running and then you're done and you're not in shape and then someone asks you a question. It's like you can't even talk. It's just I was running on the road. And you can't speak. Why? Because you're just exhausted. And that's what iniquity does. That hidden sin. It exhausts us. That we can't even catch our breath before coming to God. That's where confession of sin comes in. He knows already. But he wants us to confess it because there's healing in confession. There's healing in that. I mean, again, we teach our kids that. When our kids do something wrong, we, we tell them to go say sorry to brother or sister. And they'll go up to him, sorry, what are you sorry for? Sorry, I'm punch of face. And we'll tell them specifically say what you're sorry for. I had two boys, so that was often, you know, if, if anything. But we, we tell our kids to do that. And God says the same thing. Confess your sins. Because if it's in your heart, I, I will not hear you. It's like blocking your prayers to me. There's all this junk. See, when I have unconfessed sin in my life, I'm so consumed with trying to recover by myself that the Lord will not hear unless I confess humbly before Him. It's a story of this one little village that they had a river running down and that's where everyone would wash their clothes. Well, this one little child's mother was sick. She wasn't doing so well and so she asked him to go do the laundry. And so she gave him the basket full of all their laundry and, and so he took it down to the riverside and everybody's washing clothes. And then he opens the cover and he looks in it and it's just dirty, Filthy. But he looks around and everybody's washing and I guess they've never seen him there before so they're kind of staring at him. Well, he closes the, the basket and then he puts the whole thing in the water. And then he just washes the whole thing like that. And then he has to carry it back. Now it's like three times the weight. And he's coming back to the village and he's just going uphill. And his mom is looking out the window and wondering, what is he doing? And he's just carrying this thing and all the water is still coming out and she's looking and, and he... Places it near the door. Boom. His mom says, what are you doing? He says, I'm done washing the clothes. She goes, why is it so heavy? He said, well, I went down there and and everybody's washing clothes and so I didn't want them to see our clothes because it's all dirty. And I don't want them to see how dirty it is. She said, so what did you do? He said, well, I put the whole thing in and I shook it around. And she said, son, you will never ever have clean clothes if, if you wash them all together like that. You gotta do them one by one. And by the way, son, if you looked, at a, if you looked around at everyone there, everyone, every single person has dirty laundry. See, when God asks us to confess our sin. It's a part of us realizing that we're no better than any other person. Everyone, including myself, have dirty laundry. We're no better than anybody else. You see, prayer connects us back to the heart of God that He is holy. And He allows us with all our dirt to come to His river of life to be washed clean. And so I'll confess my sin one at a time. I know there's many, but just start somewhere. Even if it's pride, Lord, forgive me of my pride towards other people. I always have to be right, even when I know I'm wrong, whatever it may be. You be specific, you'll be amazed at how cleansed you'll be afterwards. First John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It, it basically means to be free from the guilt of sin or to purify. Just remember that when we do confess our sin to God, it doesn't give me credit now to go sin again. Like I had $500 in debt in credit. I paid off my credit card. I can spend $500 again. No, no, no. That's not what confessing our sin is for. It's so that we can be washed clean. And God is always available, readily available to wash us clean to anyone who makes the effort to confess them to Him. See, confessing my sins does does not replace forsaking them. Confessing my sin does not replace forsaking them. It's so that I can be cleansed. And Psalm 86 5 says, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. All those. It doesn't mention a specific type of person or a specific type of, of belief or religion. It says all those who call upon you. See, I, I do these things, and we may say this to ourselves, I do these things, but, but I don't know if God really hears me. Because I don't see answered prayer. I don't see things changing. I don't know if he hears me. Here's the last thing, and this is very critical and crucial for our prayer time with God, but that we would pray in faith that God hears me. Pray in faith that God hears me. Pray in faith that God hears me. It's almost like, let's just say your husband or your wife were in the kitchen and you walked right in front of them and then you said this, oh, can you pass me that spoon back there? And because they didn't hand it to you in like that split second, you say, fine, then I'll go get it myself. I say, boy, I just, I, you just asked. You got to remember God's timing and our timing is completely different. His timing is better for us. Way better. My wife made this, um, it's, a, it's like a spinach dip and you, you, you dip it like with chips or so, um, something like that or, or whatever. And, and I, I love this dip. Well, she heated it up in, a, in, our, in the oven. And so when it came out, the whole bowl is, you know, it's hot. You can't grab it. And so I said, oh, is it done? She said, yes. And I said, okay, pass it. She goes, wait, I got to get a, a, a mitten. And I said, no, just give me the thing. She goes, it's still hot. And I said, oh, okay. Now, I could have grumbled and fought with her. And she could have handed it to me. Thank God my wife is gracious enough not to say, oh, you want it? Sure. Grab her mitten on and place it in my hand. But I wonder if, I wonder if when we're praying to God, when we're saying, Lord, I, I'm praying for this, he's saying, hang on, it's not ready yet. Just hang on. You're not ready yet. Hang on. The circumstances are not ready yet. Hang on. The time is not ready yet. Just hang on. It's cooling down. It's not finished. Whatever he might say. I'd say, Lord, how about we just put our faith in you? That when we humbly come before you, we pray to you and we, we seek your face, that you know exactly the perfect timing of every single prayer. Because he does. God wants our faith to be in him. Listen, not in our prayer. Sometimes we think, oh, if I pray this prayer... It'll work better because it sounded good. Uh uh-uh. uh. It all sounds the same to God when we pray, regardless of how well we pray. Again, Jesus gave us a like manner to pray. And He said, Pray like this. And then when we do, God says, Okay, got it. Here's where we're going to move in this direction. Now, God can do it instantly because He does, He heals in an instant when it comes to sometimes healing. He'll do it in an instant. We see that in the life of Jesus, the withered hand, it grows. The lame stand up to their feet. The blind see. The dead come back to life. He can do it in an instant. And we like that. But he also does it in time. That it'll take time. And it's okay. Because it's still answered prayer. There's this one time, I don't know what we were praying for, my wife and I. And then the news came back and they said no. And I said, yes! And my wife said, what? They said, no. I said, yes, that's good. She said, what do you mean? I said, didn't we pray? And she said, yeah. And I said, then God answered it. He said, no. That The very fact that God answered our prayer, we should be thankful for. That he answered us. He said, no. I'm grateful. I'm grateful he said, no. Like I told my son when he wanted to buy knives, when he was like four years old. Dad, can I buy those knives? No. I'm sure he's grateful now. But there's things that God will say no. Things He will say yes. And then things He will say it's just not ready yet. But our faith is not in our prayer. It's in the Lord. James 1, 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in his ways, in all his ways. I've spoken to many people, and I've gone through this before, who've prayed and I've prayed and, and then will ask, you know, so how are things going with your prayer? Well I prayed but well, I prayed, but I don't know if, if God heard my prayer. I don't know if He's gonna answer it because, you know, I did some things, and I don't know if this and that, and it's like we'll pray, but we'll still doubt after we pray. You see, once I enter into his presence, the way the Bible tells us, there should be no doubt that God hears us. Jesus teaches us how to pray, and he says, when you pray like this, don't doubt. I've I've spoken how to pray. Don't doubt. James 4.3 says, and even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You only want what will give you ple- pleasure. He, sometimes we pray prayers that our motives are wrong. It's just the wrong motive. And God knows our hearts. James 5.16 says, to confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent, prayer of a righteous man avails how much? Much. Not a little bit. Not, ah, almost there. It avails much. That means there's power to it. It's active. That there's power in that prayer. You see, there's power in prayer because when we do learn how to pray, when we do humble ourselves before God and confess our sins, which cleanses us, then you can be sure that God hears. And when God hears it, there's power in that. There's power in what God is about to do. I thought, Lord, why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be hearing our prayers? Why wouldn't you hear our prayers? Why wouldn't you unleash power to those who pray to you in how you've asked us to pray? Why wouldn't you? You're the one that set it up this way. Why do we doubt him when he says, pray like this to me, and then we doubt him? He's the one that set it up that way. And he set it up in such a way that we can understand. That's how he communicates between us and him. He doesn't do it wirelessly, nor does he do it when we say the right things or the right type of words. He does it spiritually. It's through his spirit. And when we're able to pray the way he says to pray, he has no problem hearing his kids or even answering their prayers. He has no problem. He gives to all generously amen amen you can close your bibles hang on to your notes because we're gonna we're actually gonna pray together and if you haven't memorized it yet it's okay and we're gonna pray the lord's prayer together and again jesus reminds us he says pray in like manner in this kind of way And so we're going to stand together, if you could. I know you're kind of putting some things away, but if you could stand together. And if we can pop it on the screen, that way, actually, we don't need our our notes. But if you can pop it on the screen. And we're going to pray together, and then we'll we'll sing in our, our final closing song. Just remember the good news. About prayer and the time we get to pray together is that God hears our prayers when we learn how to pray in the way He asked us to. We're going to pray together. Okay, it's up on the screen. And we're going to start with Our Father. Ready? Go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread.